0: In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Christ is risen. This is the fourth Sunday after the Holy Resurrection, after which the Church celebrates the Holy 50 Days. Uh, Today's Gospel reading starts with a reminder that Christ is the light of the world. And he says, A little while longer, and the light is with you, walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. He who walks in darkness does not know where he is going. While you have the light, believe in the light, that you may become sons of light. Christ often reminds us that he is the light of our our life, the light of the world and uh, the, the light by which we walk along the path, um, that he is the light of life, as it says in John chapter one, that we are the light of the world as well, um, because his light emanates from inside of us, uh, that we must shine in the world and glorify uh, our Father who is in heaven. Through, of course, our actions and and the things that we say and and how we conduct our life. And now more than ever, as we know, the world needs this kind of light and the works of Christians that uh, that light may shine uh, brighter. Um, That we must work the light for night is coming where no one works, he says. For as long as we live, it's called day. But the time is coming, of course, when we keep that day uh, as a reminder in front of us that our time here on earth is, is short. The things that we receive from God is temporary. And it will be asked of us on how we use the, the things we gave uh, that he gave us, especially our life that he gave us. So the, that day is now, that is the day that we should work. Uh, here we're asked to believe in the light and walk in the light. As St. Cyril of Alexandria says, we belong to Christ and to the Father, we become children of the Father when, by faith in Christ, we receive the Father who is in light. Then we too will be called the children of light and the children of God. Looking in the light, of course, means that we have faith in Christ. His faith that we have, the gift of faith that we receive, that is the light that kind of guides us throughout the uh, throughout our journey in life that we call. Uh, this path of uh, the, this life that this temporary and that ended, indeed has a journey that will end with a goal at the end. So today I'd like us to focus on one verse uh, of today's uh, gospel reading, uh, which is about the rulers who came to actually believe in Christ. So they saw the works that Christ did and they believed in him. Even when a lot of the people in that area did not believe, the rulers, it says, did believe. And, but they would not confess Christ because they were afraid of uh, those in power that would put them out of the synagogue. So when Christ did a lot of miracles, it was always for the one intent. It wasn't for the intent of showing off or doing some kind of uh, eye-raising eye events that we should just all be amazed. It was always for a purpose. And that purpose, of course, was to reveal His Father. And to reveal the Father for us to also see Him as well. Because He who sees Christ... Also sees the Father. So it was always with the intent to increase in faith, to have a a lasting change on our life, that we can improve our conduct and have a real change, and to cleave to Him, to hold on to Christ, and to hold on to our Father who does such wonders. But our Lord's miraculous deeds were not always met with the desired outcome that He wanted to reveal the Father. Even though they believed at one point, it still didn't have the end result. So when we look at the Gospels, many times when people struggled with the faith and, and how they struggled with um, what Christ did, right, the miracles that he did, oftentimes they treat him, even though they believed in him, they treated him like a genie in the bottle, right, that he would give them all the worldly needs that they, that they wanted. Uh, just as in the case of the, five, the miracle of the five loaves and two fish, how the people just wanted to follow him to make him king, an earthly king, and to provide for them the, uh, the daily uh, needs that they needed. Oftentimes they treated, they, they, uh, treated him with like uh, fear, right, um, or envy. They threatened him because of the following that he would attract. Uh, because of his miracles, like when he raised rose the dead, a multitude followed him. So many people, even though they believed in the miracle, they were very envious. And that kind of took away their faith. Um, some turned away after the, uh, the, the verses about the Eucharist, right? They couldn't deal with the Eucharist and, and what it meant. And some turned away because they were not willing to change their lives, as in the case of the rich man who came to Christ asking, what should I do? He believed. He believed and heard his sermons and watched his miracles and wanted to even become a follower of Christ and asked what he should do, but when Christ told him that he has to give to the poor, he would not do so and and turn back. So in today's reading, we see that Christ performed many signs and wonders among the people, and many believed, but there's another reason why even those who believed in today's gospel uh, ended by denying him or not confessing him. And it says in today's gospel, nevertheless, even among the rulers, many believed in him. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. And this is what we'll focus on today. The rulers, maybe some government administrators, um, desperately sought the approval of the Pharisees. So they could not bring themselves to confess their faith in Christ, even though they believed. They were a slave to what other people thought. And, and this kind of slavery is a slavery that we always struggle with. We've struggled with it since we were kids. Uh, whether it's the, the youth who go through, for example, peer pressure that they struggle with, right? And even today, we care about what people think of us. You know, we we care about our perception in front of the eyes of others, whether it's at work or even at church. We care on uh, how how others view us. And this is a kind of slavery. Um, Being a slave to what other people think always causes misery, though, trying to make happy an entity that can never be happy. It's a type of slavery which limits how far we can advance, both in the secular life and in the spiritual life as well. Um, Such a master as to love the praise of men rather than the praise of God is a severe and unmerciful master. To seek favor with people is something that will always cause us this kind of pain or misery. One cannot breathe or walk or talk without double-guessing themselves. It paralyzes somebody who loves the praise of others, who always constantly seeks the approval of others. It causes them paralysis in their life. They can't make any decisions and they can't accomplish anything in their life. I like this quote by Bob Woodruff, who was the CEO of Coca-Cola back in the 50s. He said, there is no limit to what a man can achieve as long as he doesn't care who gets the credit. It's very true, and it's true in the spiritual life as well. As we read in the Desert Fathers, in the story of Theodore, the disciple of St. Prohomius, it said, it is certain that those who maintain a strict discipline for Christ's sake and not for the sake of vainglory, Will acquire virtue upon virtue and in a short space of time will give offense to no one because no one can please everyone it's impossible every multitude has an independent mind and comes to their own conclusions and oftentimes without the proper information they they come to a conclusion whatever you decide is going to offend somebody when you live a christian life there are others who will not like that right it's automatically a challenge and since the multitudes are divided The moment you please one side is the moment you offend another side. It's a miserable trap, right? To live as a slave to what others think of you, uh, but to be free of that is something that is very liberating. Um, It allows you to excel both in the earthly life and in the uh, spiritual life as well. And in an attempt to please the multitude, one can become cowardly. As in today's story, they were afraid of the Pharisees. They were afraid to do the right things because it would not gain the <clears throat> approval of those whom they cared about who, how they thought of them. The rulers believed. They had faith. They got to the level of faith. But they gave one of the greatest gifts away, this gift of faith. They gave it away uh, that God grants because of their fear. They were cowardly. They then become fake. People who care about what others perceive of them, they become fake. They become flatterers. They, they say things just, uh, just to gain favor and in an attempt to gain like maybe a better image or honor among a multitude or a group of people. No longer sincere, they, they lose themselves. They lose their identity and become what they believe others want them to be. They become envious, right? Many times we, we hear in the Gospels that they were envious of Christ. When someone else has temporary favor, like when somebody else receives praise, automatically there is a, a trial of temptation, of envy from other people. Vaing, this is what vainglory does. Vainglory is the destroyer of souls when we care so much about what other people think. It's a terrible master when we make ourselves the slave of what people think of us. And when they're prospering, when somebody's prospering and they have the favor of other people, they, they believe the hype and they think that they're on top of the world and they become maybe arrogant. And when they fall from the multitude's favor, they fall in such a state of misery that they want to end their life. They, they're they just totally depressed, right? Because all of their joy comes from how other people view them. They're quickly agitated and lose their peace very quickly. And we also struggle with this, right? And when one has a multitude on his side, how long will that last when you think about it? Imagine the greatest of the musicians or artists or athletes, right? Um... How long do they have their fans on their side? Um, more than holding them on a pedestal, the fans enjoy watching them fall, uh, even when they're not, a, when, they're, when they don't become popular, right? The, their fans enjoy watching them fall, just like they enjoyed putting them on a pedestal. So it's very temporary. Those who make themselves a slave of what people think of them are headed for this kind of really miserable life. The favor of the multitude will always abandon us. It will never stand by us when we need it the most. It will demand unimaginable things of us, things that we can't obtain or, or accomplish. And forget us in the time of our most needy times, that time of those dark days that we all have experienced or may experience, that's when the, uh, the multitude's favor leaves us and we're left alone. So St. John in today's reading compares the praise of men versus the praise of God saying that they love the praise of men rather than the praise of God. Here we see the rulers seeing Christ's wonders, probably hearing many of his sermons, were amazed at them, and the Holy Spirit's work inside of them to actually come to the knowledge of truth and to actually believe even to the point of faith. But they missed out on confessing Christ and receiving his comforting and blessed praise, preferring rather to appease this other group of people. And the words of St. Peter in Second uh, Peter chapter 2 is applicable towards them when it, where it says, For it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than to have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered to them. For they can't please both. St. Paul speaks about this in his book to the Galatians when he says, "For I am now, if, For am I now seeking the favor of men or of God? Or am I striving to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. You can't do both. You can't please men and please God at the same time. And we know in Galatians, he even withstood and rebuked those who would not eat with Gentile Christians when the Jewish Christians came, because they were afraid of what the Jewish Christians would perceive of them. And he rebuked that kind of hypocrisy, calling it cowardly to, to do so. I love this story from the Desert Fathers that I'll read you. I know some of you are familiar with the Desert Fathers. If you're not, you should read them. They're they're wonderful. Um, uh, This example is from uh, St. Macarius. So a certain brother came from Abba Macarius and said unto him, Father, speak to me a word whereby I may live. And that was always the practice. They would go to the Desert Fathers and say, Father, tell me a word. Tell me something beneficial that I can live my life by. And Saint Macarius said unto them, Go to the cemetery and revile the dead. You know the cemetery that we have here? Imagine this. Go to the cemetery and curse the dead. And he went and reviled them and stoned them with stones. And came and informed the old man. And the old man said unto him, Did they say nothing unto you? And the brother said unto him, No. And again the old man said unto him, Go tomorrow and praise them, and call them apostles, saints, and righteous men. And he came to the old man and said, I have praised them. And the old man said unto him, And did they give you an answer? And he said, No. And the old man said unto him, You see how you have praised them, and that they have said nothing to you. And although you did revile them, they returned you no answer. And thus let it be with yourself. If you wish to live, become dead, so that you may care neither for the reviling of men nor for their praise. For the dead care for nothing. In this way you will be able to live. It's a very powerful story that we should be like those, like the, we should be dead to how other people uh, praise us or curse us. Of course, we should take benefit, like from a spiritual father or something like that, when something beneficial is said to us. We shouldn't ignore that. But generally speaking, we should not be slaves to what other people think. But there is, on the flip side, there is a thing called the praise that comes from God, and that we we should run after. That's what we should seek and cleave to. The scripture gives hints as to what that may be like, the praise that would come from God. We read in Psalm 91, in the sixth hour, which says, Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. This is; These are verses that um, are comforting, promises that he will always stand by us, unlike the, uh, the multitude that will abandon us, Christ himself will always be with us. And again, he says in Matthew chapter 25, Come, you blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. These are the words we need to seek. These are the words we need to uh, make sure that our conduct in our life appeases the Father who will give us these blessed words. May we all hear such praise coming from the King of glory. So let's seek that everlasting glory and favor that comes from God, not from men. Because God desires to honor us in the eyes of other people. Not just in His own eyes, but also He wants to honor us in the eyes of other people, in the eyes of angels, and even in the eyes of our enemies who always seek to make us fall. He wants to give us that honor. He gives us more precious and joyous gifts than any multitude can ever give. So let's look through God's eyes, not the eyes of other people. He sees us as we are and still loves us. He'll never abandon us and rejoices when we're lifted up and we receive honor. There are few who share the mind of God that actually rejoice when other people are in honor or other people are lifted up. Usually the first thing is envy, even maybe within us. When somebody else has something that's honorable attached to them, automatically we have envious thoughts and maybe envious words that come out of our mouth. But our Lord is not like that. He rejoices in our in our um, honor, and so do His saints as well. They rejoice in the honor of others. So may God grant us to, the strength to walk in the light as He commanded us, that the true light which enlightens every man that comes into the world, to whom be glory forever. Amen.